Hi guys, welcome to Black Chick Lit. We are here at the request of Molly mm-hmm. so she can finally unburden mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her face. Unburden herself from this book she has read that has left her so, like, I heated is the word. I cannot tell you how the last few times we've talked, Molly's like, dang, yeah, we need to read and talk about this book. And so we're here now and I'm very excited because she's, we're both ready to go. Yes. I think. We're ready to go. You know what? My, I started therapy, right? Yay! So my anger towards this book is, um, I feel differently about it now. Okay. Like, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, I'm all the way there. But a lot of things that bothered me before are not, they can't touch me anymore. That's (laughs) a dangerously Josh take. Wait, who's dangerously Josh? Who's that? I said that's dangerously close to a Josh take. (laughs) Josh is Oh, no! Okay. (laughs) See, now you say that and it hurts my feelings. Sorry, I didn't (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm glad we are in a space. Maybe I'm not as over it. We're in a space. This is a safe space. Exactly. And you can learn and grow and change your opinion and all that. So, And so we want to say... And it's not so much that my opinion opinion has changed <laughs> because my opinion remains the same but I think that I want to get like right off the bat like I you know I I understand the place of I don't know if you would call it like book snark or something or like hate reading and stuff yes but that's not really been our like mo like mm-hmm. I think that there have been times when you know we've read a book like just on the back end. Like if you didn't see something for a month or two, it's like because we read a book and it's like we can't talk about this. Like <laughs> we don't. You know what I mean? But yes. I think that I think that just given everything kind of the discourse surrounding this book, I was like because I think uh, we could get into it, but I saw one of these articles first and I saw that a lot of people, the book is Everything's Fine by, um, what is the author's name? Cecilia um, Rabis? Rabis? I'm not sure how yeah. to pronounce it. Um, I saw the interview and in the cut and I saw these people kind of like, you know, um, reviewing it before they have read it, reviewing it based on the synopsis. And I was like, okay, that's not really always useful to me. Um, I understand that some people have like content that they don't want to engage with and that's, it's good for that. And then some people, you know, like the romance girlies are always going to say like, if you call something romance and it's not romance, they're going to come from you. And then I was like, okay, I can put that aside too. But I was like, I want to see why so many people are mad at this black girl, like who wrote this book. And I read the synopsis. I was like, oh no. And then I was like, well, I need, I need to see for myself. And as I read it, I felt like more strongly negative toward it than I had before, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I was like, Danny, like I need your thoughts on this book. So that's how, that's how we came here. That was like a long roundabout way, just for some context. <laughs> Yes. And I, so I came to it because I haven't been on social media in a long time. I came to it completely missing all the discourse until Molly told me about it. So I read the book and then I kind of did the research afterward. So I went in kind of backwards where I had done the reading 
And then I figured out what she was trying to say because I spent the whole book being like, what the fuck is she trying to say? And I figured it out and I still am not. <laughs> and so I still have thoughts and I still have some feelings about it. So I do like that you introduced that at the top though, because I think just as big as the story of this book is like the narrative surrounding it and how it was yes. received in marketing. Cause I don't think we've read anything that had such, that's reached the same level of like notoriety among like, I don't the think book so. space. I, I think like in the wider book space, because now that, um, and this book made me think of this other book and it is mentioned on the cover, the other black girl. <laughs> yes, I am seeing like now that the trailer or something has come out, like I'm seeing a lot of people say like, hey, either you really love this book or you really hated it. And so it reminded me a lot of that. And just to see like that blurb from the author. So I, I don't know if it's the same level of notoriety like that the other black girl got, but I see them on similar trajectories, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And I agree with you. I don't think, I think when we read the other black girls still new ish and mm -hmm. it didn't have that, it wasn't, it was it wasn't marketed well either but it didn't completely fumble the bag the way this one did so it didn't yeah. get that pushback so i agree like and they are very similar and i think they did right by getting that author to blurb it because they feel in that same vein like they were written in that same yeah. vein and yeah so i think a lot of the problems that we had with that we're gonna say similar to in um everything's fine yeah. Well, I'll actually say, I think the other black girl is worse than this one. Like, I was kind of like, for all this hype, it didn't do any, it, it, my biggest flaw with this book is it's very mealy-mouthed. Like, what are you trying to say? Like, you're not saying anything. You're being very, like, mealy-mouthed, cowardly. You're not saying anything. And so that's why people are going into and reading whatever they want. And then you have the nerve to get mad when they don't like what you have to say or they're misconstruing you. It's like, you didn't give no. anybody anything to work with and now you're mad because they didn't read it the way you wanted him to. So that's, that's yeah. a peek into my critique of it. So. Yeah. Well, let's get into the synopsis. Let's talk about these characters. Cause yeah. <laughs> yes. So as yeah. we do, we always spoil, even though I don't think there's that much to spoil in this book, but you know, that's, that's another thing that kind of bugged me in the reviews, but we'll get into that too. So I'm going to read the synopsis. We're going to give away everything and we will get into it. So to start, Jess yeah. is a young 20-something working her first job as an analyst for Goldman Sachs. While she's not pas passionate about the work, she does enjoy the pay and she's good at what she does. Also at Goldman Sachs is her former classmate, Josh. Jess and Josh didn't get along in college as they have wildly different views on politics, money, and what they want to achieve in life. Jess is progressive, liberal, and wants to do good in the world. Josh is conservative, holds bigoted views, and wants to make money. But Jess thinks he's changed since then and they soon form a friendship. He later convinces her to leave Goldman Sachs and follow him to a new investment firm. This new firm is an even worse place for Jess than Goldman Sachs. She's constantly underestimated and belittled despite being among the firm's top performers. The only good thing that she thinks come of it is her continued relationship with Josh. When she is eventually fired for quote unquote not being a good cultural fit, she's angered that he doesn't even show up to the meeting only to later learn he was in the boss's office demanding she get her job back. 
Unemployed and quickly burning through his savings, Josh invites her to live with him in his $4 million loft. I totally forgot to include in the synopsis that they started dating at some point. So they started dating at some point. And unemployed and quickly burning through his savings, Josh invites her to live with him in his $4 million loft. She does and even gets a job working for a startup news publication with a liberal vent. Think ProPublica. But when Jess discovers a MAGA hat in the house, she and Josh have a huge blow up that pushes her to leave and return home to Lincoln. While there, she soon learns her father is dying from stage four cancer and must deal with her grief surrounding his death, her identity, and her relationship with Josh. She's cared for by Barbara, her father's new partner, who braids her hair, watches Beyonce with her, and gives her advice about how to deal with her relationships. Jess eventually returns to New York City and to Josh, and as they watch the Trump inauguration, she lets him comfort her with platitudes of how everything will be fine, how everything's fine. I ruined that, but there we go. Platitudes of how everything's fine. And that's the book. <laughs> Molly, yeah. make, Molly made faces the entire time. <laughs> it's <laughs> so hard, like, <laughs> with Zoom. Like, people tell me all the time, they're like, you're making a lot of faces on Zoom, girl. And I'm trying so hard just to, like, sit here calmly. Sorry. I just, like, messing with my eyebrows because I know that they, like, be all kinds right. of, like, right? So, I mean... Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's the initial, like, oh my goodness, like, you know, you're a liberal and you're conservative and this is a romance that's trying to make everyone, like, if you hadn't read the book, you would think, oh, she's super liberal and he's super conservative and somehow they fall in love. And because you think it's a romance, because romance has that trope of happily ever after, that they're going to be able to see past it and, you know, in a racial level, save everybody. <laughs> but I would argue that the real villain of this story, the real racist villain of this story is Jess. Jess <laughs> <laughs> like, to me is such a nothing character. Like, I don't know. I He would have long paragraphs or he would start and I would just skip over it. Like, I don't <laughs> You know what I mean? Like when he gave her the ring and he's talking about paradoxes and the math jokes. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't stuff. go to math I just school. Zoned out. I didn't. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not here for that, but that's cute. Whatever. Um, but Jess, I was like, Jess, you don't like black people, do you? And I thought if they had done a deeper examination on that, on like, why is she is so uncomfortable with her blackness? That would have been a more interesting book. Like, I think so. Like, cause they, she sort of, the author sort of hints at it because like, she talks about like, oh, she's always struggled to make black friends. She was drawn to this, you know, she didn't hang out with any of the black kids at college. She doesn't really connect to Beyonce. She, and she like has a lot of guilt on it. That scene where the kids come on the train and she's like kind of embarrassed to be seen next to Josh. It's like, she has all these issues about her blackness. And I think so much is put on this relationship with Josh that she gets lost in it. And like, if the yeah. book had been more about her relationship with her blackness and how maybe it's not healthy or something, and Josh had been de-emphasized, yeah. I think it would have been stronger and people would have quote unquote, got it. I think you're a hundred percent right, actually. Yeah, I, I think like the relationship was actually the weakest part of the book. Um, and it it was very much just like, oh, we make out over here and we make mm -hmm. out over there. And it's obviously very, you know, so it's like, but why is it taking up so much real estate? Like, I want to know 
why you never in your life had your hair braided. I want to know, <laughs> you know why you like, didn't what feel daddy... like you could have your hair braided. She sensed like she would feel right. safe or something. Like, why? Like, I think there's a scene where they see a girl in, like, um, uh, some box braids, like pink box braids, and she asks her friends, like, would I look cute in those? And, and she doesn't even say it like that. It's like, she doesn't even talk. I mean, she doesn't talk like a black girl, but that's beside the point. But she says stuff they're like, would I look good in these? And they were like, oh, cultural appropriation much? And she's like, what? And they're like, oh, I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get there? Like, how do you get there? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I just, go ahead. I was going to say, to pick up the, what you were saying before, there are a lot of hints that could say why. Like, her mother died when really she was really young. So maybe she didn't have that Black woman maternal figure. She grew up in the Midwest, which I have things to say about that too. She lived in Lincoln, okay? She didn't grow up in some like rural backwater. I know, I looked up where the right. author grew up. She's like grew up in Stockton, New Jersey. I guess she went back and forth between like New Jersey and New York. And I don't know if this is just a misconception, but like Lincoln, Nebraska is not going to be some all white, like it's a college. That's where the University of Nebraska is. So it's their flagship institution. Mm-hmm. And it's an hour away from Omaha, which has a big mm-hmm. black population. Like she's not going to, I don't care what she, she will not be the only black girl in her class. She's not going to be That's what the only black girl. I, I thought about that too. Cause it's like, you know, we're both from Missouri. Yes. And when I moved, like Missouri is a black ass state. Like the Midwest is Black. There are a lot of Black people there. There are a lot of Latino people there. There's yes. a lot of diversity there. And I think that if you, if you, it felt inauthentic. Like, yes. you know, oh, it's all white there and everyone's white and white, 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 white. But it's kind of like, because having that knowledge in the back of my head, it's like, okay, you're purposely choosing not to right. hang out with any Black people. You see Black students at the graduation and they all have that kente cloth right stall that we all got she's like oh well, i didn't get one it's like did you do were you around like they're right there like why not go talk to them and there's a scene later where jo- she and Jess have a fight Josh. and she says something like oh uh you can't be racist because you have a black girlfriend or something and he's like that's one more black friend than you have and i was like well shit he got a point there <laughs> And I'm like, how do you struggle to think of one black friend in New York City? Which also proves it's not New where York you are, City. girly. It's it's you because yeah, it's you have you. the same number of black friends in New York City that you did in Lincoln. So okay, yeah. maybe one more. And her co-worker's boyfriend, but that's it. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, and I think we talked about this with um the other black girl, how it's weird these books where it's like there's one black person maybe two black people and everyone else is white and it's like to me that doesn't yes that's a situation like a lot of us find ourselves in but it's not like an everyday thing like it's not how most people black people live their lives like completely cut off from any other black person and it just it feels like not a black story to me I you know i agree with you but i feel the opposite i think being black in America, you're going to be in situations where you're the only black person somewhere. We've all been in a situation but where you were the all only the black time, person. Every maybe not every day. Maybe not all the time every day, but you were the one black person in your, your class. Your whole or the life. One, 
but we still no. that's what i was gonna say like we've all had that situation where you're like the one black person in your class or you're the one black person at work but that doesn't mean you go home and you still don't talk to your black family like she had no family you don't talk to your black friends you don't talk to like no no one no black like nothing and so like that's why like i agree with you but i think it's the opposite the only black thing is actually really related that part's relatable we've all been in situations where we're the only black person but with the books and i guess the publishers who are pushing these books don't seem to realize is that just because we're the only black person in one situation doesn't mean that like i would go out of my way to find other black people to be around like i remember i was in sioux city I, and i asked the lady that. I was in Sioux City and I found like the one other black lady and I like practically grilled her. I was like, where do you get your hair done? Where do all that? She's like, you got to go to Omaha. You got to go to Omaha. You got to go to Omaha. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Right. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think it's like missing a piece. It's not a full understanding. Where, yeah. It's not a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there are a few specific moments I want to talk about, but I want I want to talk about Jess, and then I want to talk about Josh, and then a few of the other characters. Yeah, one who I thought was a singular non-binary person and turned out to be three people. Oh, the wine girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why do they never get names? Like, and how did they differ from the two friends who did get names? You all hung out. You all hang yeah. out at the same, you all go to the same place. Why did some of the group in the, why did some of her hangouts get names and the other ones are just pushed together and lumped together as the wine girls? I thought it was interesting. It's like, I think the two girls who were, who were named were her friends from college. And okay. then the wine girls were like some trust fund California girls who they she knew. Met. Got it. Okay. And I, I had read this book and then I put it down for a while and then I picked it back up. And then I was like, you know, reading the wine girls and I was like, okay, this is a non-binary person. And then there's a scene at the end where they are separately named and they <laughs> speak separately. And I was like, oh no, okay, this is three people. Because <laughs> at first I was reading it and it was like the wine girls lean forward and they say this and then they twirl their hair. And I'm They're like, treated. okay. It's like, it's weird. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, there's, so. I didn't like, and that's a nitpick. I don't want to spend too much time on that because there's a lot of the other characters where they're not described or given their background. And in a book where race and identity is so important, I need to be told up front, like, I didn't realize Dax was Black until, like, that argument when they asked about her one Black friend. So I'm like, I guess Paul is white? I thought Paul was Black because they got on, or at least some type of minority, because they actually got on as friends in that at Goldman Sachs or wherever they started. And, like, that would happen yeah. a lot where we get these characters and, like, they just be kind of thrown at us. And I'm like, who is it? Like, and Mickey, was Mickey Korean? And then Lydia? I think so. Lydia mm -hmm. was just... Yeah, the was friends. Like this, yeah. So I didn't... Yeah, it was hard to remember Yeah. everybody. And then it didn't seem all that important. Yes. But in a, like, it didn't really seem important if the wine girls were one girl or three girls. <laughs> I think, like, I think it's supposed to be the style... Like, it was a very, like, stream of conscious, like, boom, 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 this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And then um, I think there were supposed to, there were jokes that just didn't land with me. Like, I think the wine girls was supposed to be funny, and I I could see the joke. I could, I understand the shape and the structure of it, but it just, it didn't land with me. So yeah. I, I know that there's, like, an argument, oh, you just didn't get it. And I think we said before, it's like, I, I got it. Still work. Yeah, I got it. 
There it just, couple, yeah, it didn't work yeah. for me. Yeah, I didn't find this book particularly funny in any really way. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of something that would have made me laugh out, and it, I don't, I didn't even know that was supposed to be funny. I'd be like, oh, like, and that's my thing. Like, that's why going back, what I was, I kept asking myself, what is she trying to say? What is the genre? I was trying to ask basic questions with this book because I was trying to orient myself because this was something similar with the other black girls where we realized, okay, it's horror. So maybe, you know, the people in the end, it's not going to, like, it won't have a happy ending. So maybe we're not supposed to root for these. And that's where I was trying to orient myself. Like, well, if this is supposed to be a lit fic where maybe I'm supposed to find these people unpleasant, or is it supposed to be a romance where I'm supposed to be cheering for them? Like I had, like, it doesn't do anything really. And then at the end where people said that the ending was kind of like horror, where he says like, everything's fine. I was like, okay, that's really overhyping that ending. Cause it's really, it's really yeah. Hard. So I was like, I spent so yeah. much time trying to find orient myself in the story that I, like, yeah. I didn't even think that it could be, <laughs> I forgot it was supposed to try and be funny. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't, And I don't mind experimental books like that don't, you know, quite fit into this or quite fit into that. But usually the ones that I like, they just, they go for it. They go for something, you know what I mean? And, you know, they're, they go in a direction and maybe it's not a direction that I was expecting or I can always anticipate, but they go there all the way. And it seemed like this was, kind of a little bit of a romance and kind of a little exactly. bit of a satire exactly. and, and it just never got to any one thing that I could be like, okay. It never committed. <laughs> like, it felt um, very restrained. Right. It's like, um, I think we've talked about this book before that we've never done an episode on it. Uh, the sellout. Right. I, love that um, book. <laughs> I think I love that book. And it's like, when you think about the main character in that book, reprehensible, like, you know, all the characters in that book are so racist and so mean and so hateful. But, but he it, it slaves itself. He owned a slave, right? Like, he's literally fighting with Kamala Harris at the beginning, like, on trial for, for owning a slave and it's like it's so reprehensible and it's a hard book to recommend even though it i think really it's is. an excellent excellent book and it just goes for it like it's not afraid to be weird or like and it just goes all the way and i think that that's what you know if just just is unlikable mm-hmm. i don't think jess is supposed to be likable um i could be wrong but i just just didn't have a whole lot of redeeming <laughs> qualities and that's fine that's fine like you can have a book with reprehensible like even main characters even female characters i think that's why i like going back to rachel housel hall so much her protagonist like sometimes they're a little dumb sometimes they're just <laughs> wandering around and it's like everyone's getting murdered and you know uh homegirl's like well i gotta get my nails done that's got nothing to do with me so it's it's it seemed like she just couldn't commit. Like if Jess was like this awful per like, you know what you said? It's like, am I supposed to like her? Yeah. It just, it just didn't commit to any one thing. Yes. And to go off that, I thought I was supposed to like her because I didn't like her all the way up. And I'm like, Ooh, she's really struggling until she goes home to be with her father and that interaction with Barbara. And it seems like, Oh, this is her moment she's connecting and like maybe if that had happened earlier in the book and if it had gone i don't know but then she goes and takes him back and i was like girl 
you sad. You're really like, I don't know. It's, right. it's just, and I'm, I'm with you. It doesn't do any one thing. And I think that was purposeful. And I think because, so I have an interview on our outline. She did an interview with, um, I don't remember who it was with. It was like Pac, Pac McMillan. I don't even know who that is. Pam McMillan. I'm sorry. I'm illiterate today in COVID. But she has this quote where she's like, there's a question that underpins the entire project of the novel, a question without an answer or without a satisfying one anyway, a question that I hope and expect readers to sit with long after they've read the last word on the page and filed the book away on their shelves. And that question is, where is the line? And I'm sorry, that's an incredibly Where's dumb what? question. Where is the line? So like how no, far- The line? Yes. You see me leaning in. It's like, no, tell me what the, what the question is. I don't know. <laughs> Where is the line? How okay. much is someone put up with before they're like for a relationship? And like, first of all, I think that's a stale ass question. And in the, like, because people have been asking that since 2016, we've been like, can't we all just be friends? It's a stale question. We're all over it. No, it's I'm a not stale question. Friends. And people have done it better. Like six brown chicks is around for 10 years. And it's like relationship drama. You know, this dude did me dirty. This girl stabbed me. It's like it's been fun for questions that feel more important and and easier to answer or, you know, more difficult to answer. Yeah. And then there's an inherent imbalance to that question when one of the person in that group thinks black people aren't as intelligent as white people or what are some of the other shit he said or that racism doesn't actually exist or any of the other ridiculous like there's going to be an unbalance i'm not going to get along with someone and, and i shouldn't be expected to like why am i expected to put up with it but he's but they're not expected to learn to emphasize that was another thing that got me in the book mm-hmm. just changes herself and she puts up with so much shit but no one else is ever asked or challenged or made to like see from her point of view. Like mm-hmm. Josh like learns to say the right things. Like he won't say anymore that like, oh, racism doesn't exist. He's like, well, statistically black and blah, blah, blah. But like, he won't acknowledge that, yeah, some of the shit Trump says is fucked up and it can hurt people. Yeah, racism impacts people. Like he won't ever acknowledge any of that. And he's never made mm-hmm. to in the book. So like, mm-hmm. it's it's so one-sided. I don't know, I just, and I think that's what turned people <laughs> off. Yeah, even outside of um, like the racial aspect of it, like he's going to all these brunches with, you know, his boss who hates Jess and fired her unfairly with, you know, this his high school sweetheart. sweetheart, And he's not, he's lying to her. He's like not including her in things. He seems embarrassed by her. And Jess is kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like even if you take the race out of this, this is not a healthy relationship. Like the author, I feel, needed to either do two things. If she wanted to stick with Jess' character and needed to be an examination of her identity, it could be identity in um, post-Trump world. If she wanted to do this conservative dates liberal thing, then the liberal needs to be just, or needs to be just as strong in her beliefs and in her um, identity as this asshole conservative. Because Josh never gets shaken, but Jess is having her world like, over, is having her world crumbling down around her like at every part of the book and it's like it's really tiring yeah, yeah. and she you know I want to push back a little bit on her and her politics because she seems very wishy-washy to me 
Because a lot of times, I was going to say yes. I don't know the author. I don't know, you know, I don't know the author's politics. And she is not Jess. Jess is not her. Um, But there were just, like, I'm looking at my highlights now because I know that um, there were just a lot of lines. I was like, do you even believe this shit? Like, where she's like, oh, I feel like I should care about X, Y, Z. I feel like I should. And there's always that underpinning. I don't like yes. she's like I feel like I should be marching in Ferguson I feel like I should be doing x y and z but I'm not I feel so disconnected and it's like why do you explore that why do you feel disconnected like yeah if everything went back to her struggles with her identity and like Josh can play a part of that but it played too big a part of it like it would have been more interesting if it was more focused on Jess and just how her struggle with her identity impacted everything he did, her job, her friends, her relationships, her like what she supported and all that stuff, her politics. Like, like she feels bad for wanting to make money. Like there's that, like you can be bougie and still be black. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Like you don't have to be yeah. struggling to be authentically black, to be like down. I don't be like yeah. living in the hood to be black. And like, she didn't seem to understand that. Yeah. It's just- I saw um, a TikTok. And if I can find it, I will link it. But it was a girl and she was saying, um, if you were like kind of in this situation as a kid where you were singled out, you were the only black person, um, there weren't a lot of black people around you. And then when you went back to your community of black people, they either shunned you or said you acted white or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, there's one of two paths you might've taken as an adult, um, either the conservative, you know, Clarence Thomas, like I just don't fuck around with black people or this idea of um, black liberation. And it's like, okay, well, blackness can be a bigger thing than the stereotypes and we can think about it in a more authentic way. And I was like, that's interesting. Like that wasn't my struggle growing up. Uh, I think people sometimes are like, oh, you're mixed in all this stuff. And I was like, no, we were, you're from Missouri. You know, it must have been all white all the time. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's a, but, you know, this, this idea, like, I like what you said, like, the, the blackest thing about this was the idea that she would have been the only black person around. And it's like, okay, tell me that story, because I feel like that's a story that um, uh, could be told in a more authentic way than this book, I think, presented. Yeah, I didn't But again, I don't know. I was gonna say, I didn't really get this book till I read a review and the person said they viewed it in the same vein as like such a fun age, where you also have a 20 something character kind of shiftless in her job, she doesn't know what she wants to do and she's, Surround. She has black friends though, so that's the difference. Kylie, that's the yeah. author's name. I do not remember the main character's name from such a fun, such a fun age. She has black friends though, but I thought like it was trying to do something similar. And when I did that, I like was able to get it. I still think it's too weak. Mm-hmm. We basically have a book where she's trying to find her place and she's trying to figure out like what she's doing and what she wants, but she just doesn't have the cultural touch points that she wants to have to feel authentic or, 
you know, feel like what she should be doing. She's so busy telling what she should be doing that she's not really looking at what she wants to do. Like, that's why she stayed with Goldman Sachs for so long, because she yeah. should be making money. It's fiscally irresponsible to take this yeah. feminist magazine job because she should be making money. She doesn't want her to tell her dad about her white boyfriend because she he she shouldn't have a white boyfriend, according to her dad. Like, so that when I viewed it like that, it helped it make worse. It was still really weak, but I had to get out mm-hmm. of the romance thing, even though that is kind of how they marketed it. And I do want to share that blurb, but but I think I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this other than to say comparing it to such a fun age really helped me kind of get it. I could see that. I could see that. And I think like when we were talking about like unlikable female protagonists, like the girl in such a fun age, also unlikable, also blowing through her money, but you like her a little bit that <laughs> yes. like you can follow it a little bit better, even though you're like, okay, girl, like you are making some decisions here. Yes. But, you understand her decisions because we're given yeah. like why she is the way she is a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, I love such a fun age. <laughs> Yeah, I like that one. And I thought that was a lot funnier. Um, it was. It was a lot funnier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about Josh briefly because. Yeah, same. There's not much to say. Which there's is not the much problem. to say. Yeah. He, I don't know, they're both on a newspaper or something, and he's like something about Obama, and yeah. then he's like something about being a traitor. And something about writing code and then something about hanging out with Gil. And then like, (laughs) even though he's brought her home multiple years now for Thanksgiving, like his mom is still surprised that they're dating. Yeah. It's just, it's just so much nothing. Like the only time I ever agreed with anyone though in this entire book is when he kind of calls her out as a hypocrite and he's like you spent twenty dollars on ham and (laughs) then you want to turn around and say you're fighting for the cause and i'm like yeah jess i don't like that you made me agree with this white man exactly and that's (laughs) and that's why the whole premise of this what are you willing to put up with for love is ridiculous because it's so one-sided. Like, how do we know she's putting up with him for love and not for the fact that she literally didn't have any other options because she didn't have a job and needed a place to live. Like, it's too one-sided. The whole relationship is so one-sided. It's one-sided and he's not, like, he's not respectful of her. He doesn't really seem to give that much of a shit about her except that she's pretty and he, she stays in his apartment and like it's very physical like he's always wanting exactly. to like get sexual or something but when it c- comes time to go to go out into the world they're completely incompatible so yeah i just you know what are you willing to put up for with love is like love where like i don't right it doesn't work if one person is always doing the concessions like she's all like mm-hmm. he never seriously think takes seriously anything she brings up he always just kind of dismisses it by saying like, mm-hmm. oh, people don't like Trump. They like lower tax rates or oh, that's not racist. People are just overreacting. He never, but she's always for some reason stumped by the stuff he says. Yeah. And it's like, girlfriend, yeah. like, so there's no nuance. So this question of what are people willing to put up with is invalid because this isn't like, neither one, like this isn't equal. I don't know. Yeah. I it just, I'm not explaining yeah. it right, but I just couldn't get behind the, qu- no, like, no, the no. question. I think it's dumb, but then you stack it so highly against one of the people in the relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's nothing. 
it's no reprocosity. I don't get any. I really don't know why he didn't want to tell Gail, you know, or uh, th- Gail. that's his boss, at uh, Gail, yeah. Gail about um about her. Like I can kind of guess because she was fired and he was her boss and et cetera, et cetera. But after, but then when it comes out, he's very much like, I don't give a shit what Gil what Gil thinks. Well, then why was it's like, okay? Why was it? And it's like he's in pictures with this other girl, and he's like, it's not serious, and it doesn't seem like it is. But then it's like when he doesn't introduce it, and then he doesn't tell the mom. He's like, I just didn't think about it. And it's like, are you just so oblivious, or do you understand that you're around a bunch of racist people and you don't want to bring your girlfriend around them because you feel I don't know what you feel. I don't know why you're doing all this. I don't have any insight into it. I can guess. But that makes me as much of a fool as Jess, because it's a fool's errand. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I agree with everything you said. There's nothing really there. He's very inconsistent. He does want to be with Jess, but it's, sometimes he hides her. He says he loves her and he cares about her. He stops eating the strawberries. But when she has like these really big insecurities about things like her safety or what other people think of her, he won't give it you know, any kind of serious weight. It's like, you're really frustrating, mm-hmm. dude. Like, I can't stand you. It's like, even even if he wasn't, you know, his politics, all this stuff, I'd still be like, break up with him. Like, right, because he's just negligent. I, he's just negligent. Like, I feel like almost it would have been more interesting if they were older. Like, if, um, like, they had kids, she was more established in this life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, walking away would have some... Wait. bigger consequences mm-hmm. wait exactly because it's like okay i really cannot tell except for one reason why you want to leave i guess two two reasons why you want to just leave this dude who lies to your face and might be cheating on you and you can't seem to stand and all this stuff and that's because he's letting you live in his four million dollar apartment for free and i guess maybe you love him so it's like i that's and that's, you know, that's a good idea. Cause like if they, it could have been really interesting to compare them getting together during the, co- I almost said COVID, Obama era and how things were so much mm-hmm. different and so much optimistic. And maybe he was able to slide and get along with his shit, you know, able to blend in cause it didn't come up as much. <laughs> and so, but now that, you know, mm-hmm. we enter this new era and like new politics are coming out, she sees a different side of him. And then we, she has more invested mm-hmm. in the relationship. They're wealthier. Yes. Yeah. And she has more yeah. invested because now and I'm they're like, around more of these people. Yes. Cause I'm like, girl, just don't yeah. stay. There's no reason to stay. But as you said, like if they're in a relationship where there's kids, like is Trump worth blue? Cause that's, she said, was this, she said what inspired her was an article about this couple and Trump destroyed their marriage. And like, that's, that could be something interesting if something is already established and then you learn something about the other person. Yeah. It's like, so do you stay for the good yeah. of your marriage and maybe your kids or do you learn to work past it? And that I think could be more interesting than just two 20 year olds yeah. dating and one, and, cause one of them yeah, has a $4 million it's like dollar a- loft. <laughs> right, cause at every other turn he's embarrassing her. He's um, hiding her. He's disrespecting her. It's like, what? Besides the obvious, living for free in a $4 million house, what are you getting out of this relationship? Yeah, he constantly acts surprised it. when she can get it. stuff. <laughs> like, it's like, do you right. actually think black people Oh, he's so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. So, And then, like, after, like, with the magazine, she's just like, uh, I just don't want to do nothing. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, oh. 
well, you, you seem very intelligent. Right. But you just, I, and I think that's when, uh, what, um, uh, was it such a fun age? Now I'm going to let her get mixed up. Yes. Uh, did it a little better where she was like, oh, everybody in my family is so like smart with their hands and they're mm-hmm. like doing all this stuff. And she's like, but I just don't want to do that. I just want to party and have fun. Yes. And I got that a little bit. It's a little bit more upfront about that um, than it did for Jess. Yeah. Cause she was a more developed character. So like we knew True. about her ground. She knew growing up, like all that. And it's just like, there were so many holes in Jess's character. Like, I don't want to say, so this book was not the worst book I've read. Like, I still think the other black girl was worse because like that book called me nigga to my face. This book, this book is calling me articulate. So that's the difference there. So the, um, I don't think it was the worst, but I don't think it deserved all of this chatter. Cause at the end of the day, there's nothing there. It's very mealy mouth. And she even says she wants it to be like a Rorschach test and people read it and get what they want from it. And it's like, okay. But you realize you set people up to get some really toxic things from it. And now you're mad that other people don't like that. I do I do kind of want to talk about the backlash a bit. Like we normally don't get into like the marketing of books, but I feel like this was done. Can I talk about one character? Yes. Because it's gonna <laughs> inform my thoughts about the backlash. Okay. Yes. Barbara. I yes. I liked Barbara at the end. You didn't. <laughs> I got mammy vibes. I got such mammy vibes from Barbara. Why did every single sentence she was saying baby? Every <laughs> single sentence in the book that is talking, she was saying baby. She's like, that- oh baby this, oh baby that. Like, you know, they she keeps mentioning big breast, big breast, old old mama barbara and i'm like what the fuck like where is this coming from the only other black female character in the book and it's like you know how old and how old was she supposed to be in her 50s in her 60s 50s, 60s or something yeah are they really going up for beyonce like that i don't think so i don't think so i don't think they are uh, you know uh-huh. especially the time lemonade came out and then it's like, you know, it felt like she was supposed to come in and introduce um, uh, Black womanhood to Jess. Mm-hmm. But again, some of the markers, some of the things that she said felt like, who the fuck is this like an alien who observed the Black person? <laughs> like, because she, put, she goes to the, the uh, beauty shop or the hair store or whatever and she gives her the braids and she holds it up she's like one b a perfect match and it's like okay i wear a lot of wigs and weezes at the hair i've never in my life heard somebody be like "Ooh, would be a perfect match it's just black that's just black hair <laughs> who the fuck like if you remember like nobody ever is gonna be like what oh let me match the hair and it's one b like that's that's what you get because that shit's on sale because it's like everybody has it in stock you're not up here like fucking color swatching braids get the fuck out of here with that and then like she's sitting there and it's like she has a mouthful of bobby pins when she's braiding her hair it's like for what for what what does she have bobby bobby pins pins for (laughs) what are you gonna do with those and then and then what got me what got me danielle was she said she turned on the television and lemonade was on the television and I was like, no, that fucking wasn't because that's how they got me on title. 
We got the untitled. They purposely didn't put that shit on TV. It was unlisted on YouTube. You had to find someone who had the link, and then you had to give Jay Z fifteen goddamn dollars so you could watch it. And I'm still mad about it. It's like just the inaccuracy, just the inaccuracy, and just like the signaling, like this is a very black thing that we do. And it's like, no, this is like people pretending playing at it and if, and then with all the babies and oh she's got such big breasts and she's always cleaning it's like this is this is a facade of black feet like femininity and I am sure I am sure you know I'm gonna give the author all the benefit of the doubt I know you know you don't need a whole bunch of fucking bobby pins to braid your hair her hair's a that's why that's why and when someone's braiding your hair you don't need body pads you get the alligator clips i know you know that because you got two strand twist like a a 1b27 in all these pictures i know you know i know you know we don't call braiding hair um acrylic hair i know you call it kanekalon like that's why all the kids just so I would like to say at this point that this for this book we swapped and Molly read the print and I listened to the audio and I guess in listening to it I didn't kid up, catch up on the number of times she says baby when you pointed it out. <laughs> she did say baby a so lot much. and I didn't catch anything about her a breast lot. either like oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like the very first thing like she walks in she's like large breasted black woman in my daddy's house. Oh, it just, that didn't even stick oh. in my head. That I'm not as good a listener as I am a reader, so that tracks. So that's fast. I'm, are you, you really let it out with that one. I'm so glad we were able to work I through this. I was very, like, I know I said I'm in therapy now, but no. it really, like, that seemed really bothered me. And that's especially good. after we talked about, um, with, uh, some of our author interview, like, sometimes when we're talking to authors and they say, hey, I have been, I don't know how it is for other people, but I've been pressured to change things and make them a little bit more accessible. Mm -hmm. Use language that people who are not Black understand. So I think it bothered me that this character who came in and was supposed to be introducing her to like what grown Black women authentic. And there were so many little things in it that seemed like it was written for somebody else. It was like, hmm. I can see that. That's very... And I think, going back, that issue was the issue we had with the other Black girl. And that's the issue I had with a lot of these only Black girl books, is that they're not written for the Black people. They're written for the white people who might be surrounded, surrounding those only Black people. Like, -hmm. Like, we read the other Black girl. I read Queenie, which was just a whole other thing. And I read a book, this is by a black male author, but it takes place in the corporate world called Black Buck, which I didn't love, but it did it did satire. At least you know oh, it's I started satire. that. Yeah. That yeah. book, it, it's satire. It's full on. It is outrageous. It knows what it's trying to be. And if you don't like it, at least you know what it is. Like it's not subtle at mm-hmm. all. So mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like mm-hmm. I'm these the only black experience books that are not written for the people who may be in those experiences. Yeah. It's, I could see that. I could see that. I That's feel- like so much more eloquent 
than what I was trying to say earlier. And it's like, you know, it, it, it is, it got to exactly, I was like, it just doesn't, it's like, you know, I don't want to say there's no room for a story about a black person who is disconnected from their culture, but that seems to be getting a lot of attention and these books get a lot of push and these books are getting option for TV shows and mm-hmm. they're getting interviews and they're getting a lot of, you know, when people call it out, they're getting a lot of like defense and mm-hmm. all this stuff that books like just seem like about regular, regular black people living their regular black ass lives. I just don't get that same attention and push and love. And it's kind of like, Hmm. I, you know, maybe it's a double-edged sword because this did get a lot of hate too, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's just, yeah. Like you said, much more discourse than I think it needed. Right. It's not that deep. It's a very shallow book. It's very wishy-washy. She even said in some interview, she said something, I think I have that quote too. This book is about observing, exploring, and examining. This is from The Cut. It has some judgment because I'm a human being, but I didn't want to write a book about who's good and who's bad. So she ends up not saying really anything. And there's like saying nothing in a book is worse than saying something bad, in my opinion. Like say something, like what do you want me to take? That's why I kept asking myself, what lesson am I supposed to take from this book? Turns out there wasn't one. Turns out she just wanted me to like, check this fuckery out. It's like, okay, (laughs) thanks, I did. And you know what? That's one of my favorite genres. (laughs) Like where the stakes are Oh shit is happening. I think that's why I love like our street lit, hood lit, whatever you want to call it so much. It's like, hey, you just want to see some messed up bullshit. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I do. But it seemed like there was this aura of like, this is an important topic and exactly. we have to talk about it. And, you know, there's like the whole scene where she sees the MAGA hat and she's like, and it made me think of it. And it goes on for like a full page. And I'm like, these are heavy topics. Exactly. These are things that, you know, have been stressing us out. For the whole length of this podcast, because we started this podcast on Operation Weekend. Like, we have been thinking and processing and going through it. And it has not been fun and cute and frivolous and, you know, that romancy kind of type. It's been difficult. So to put it in this context and not say anything and then be mad when people draw conclusions, it's like, it's kind of like... I wish someone had set this up. Like, I wish it had been marketed different. I wish, like, there had been some Better something edits. else. Some, yeah, because it's like, people are going to have thoughts about it. People are going to have feelings about it. This is not, um, you know, loving my wife and her sister, too. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> this isn't I, that fun, messy book. And you help me, I think, pinpoint why it bugs me. Because it is, she stayed up, says in all these conversations, she wanted to talk about race and identity and all these things. And then she also says she doesn't really want to say anything. And it's like, I'm sorry, you can't have it both ways. Like, those are really big topics. Anything you say, it's like the thing, like, everything's political. Anything you say is going to be taken as a statement. And if you say nothing, that's going to be taken as a statement. Yeah. So she wants to, and I mean, like, it's confusing. That's, it's, that's a not burden but that's that's the responsibility that's the reality of being black like you don't get to opt out of it the way like you said oh i don't know josh does josh what he thinks exactly because he can just fall back oh it's just logic it's just this is that is something that he can do because of his identities that you me jess the author can't do is it fair no but should 
it have been more expected. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I don't like that people are coming from the author and it's like, if you don't like a book, you don't like it. But, you know, there's no need to, as um, a reviewer, as a consumer, like be really vitriolic. Like there's no reason to go personally after an author or something. And it's like, if that was her experience, that's what she was seeing. Then I feel like she was kind of set up without the support. You know what I mean? Like I you and I, if I was like an agent, I could have seen this shit coming. It's like, people are going to have thoughts. They're going to say, especially about the romance thing. Like the romance yes. girls are going to come for you and you shouldn't be out there just having to deal with this on your own because you're what we're wading into tricky waters without care. without care and without and saying like it's just fine i can just put this out there and nobody it felt like was really like oh like maybe we should do some you know i don't know i don't know what could have been done but no it, it wasn't done i think you're on the right track i think I, we, we both read the article in the New York Times about like how to ruin a book before it's published or whatever. And it's like getting mad at the reviewers for, I guess, quote unquote, review bombing is not the right tactic because they're, they didn't make that stuff up out of nothing. They didn't make the marketing they saw out of nothing. I finally tracked down because a lot of the um, comments on Goodreads kept referring to the same blurb and I could not find it on Goodreads or NetGalley. So when mm -hmm. I finally found a photo, I saved it. And so they marketed mm -hmm. with this blurb that's like, she's black, he's white, she's liberal, he's conservative. She thinks he's a racist jerk. He finds her more than a little immature. They hate each other. They like each other. They love each other. That is written like a blurb on a romance. That is written in a way, mm -hmm. it's also written in a way that's supposed to equate her thinking he's a racist bigot with him thinking, oh, well, she's kind of immature. Like those are not on equal footing. So mm -hmm. people saw this, it went viral. They went and gave the book one-star reviews. And so it's not those reviewers. I don't think those reviewers are in the wrong. I think the marketing is in the wrong. And I think the people in her agency who did her poorly by not properly saying what this book is or properly reflecting, she seems to have put some thought into what she wanted to say, even if I don't think it was very strong. She had a purpose mm -hmm. and a point in when she wrote this book. She knew what she wanted to try and say. And instead it just got put together into like, oh, tropes are big on TikTok. It's you know, rivals to lovers, it's enemies to lovers yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And they just did away with all of that. And then the backlash happened and then they had to try and like backtrack and be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So it's like really these mean reviewers. And it's right, like, it's well. not the mean reviewers. You all marketed something that was garbage. <laughs> People reacted and said, I don't want to read that. Gave it one star and now here you are. So yeah, and yeah. I just, I think anyone could have seen this coming a mile away based yes. on this blur, based on this, but I, I don't know, like maybe, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's publishing though. So I wouldn't be surprised if she, yeah. the author literally was the other, the only black girl in this group helping That's direct Exactly. Because I think we talked about, we've done this a lot, like Jasmine Guillory, when we read the books and we're like, we knew that Jasmine Guillory said her editors asked her to put more like race stuff in. And like, I feel like, mm -hmm. I just feel like this was direction from people who didn't get it or didn't fully see or understand how this would be taken. And then they were taking it back when people were like, yeah, stepped up. Yeah. And instead of like learning, it's like, oh, well, you know, and I, I, 
you know, I, we don't have to get into any kind of debate about review bombing. Um, yeah, I don't. But I think that yeah. when I saw it, yeah, I was like, but I want to know, like, I want to read it. And then when I read it, I was like, I have more concerns <laughs> if I didn't read it. So, um, I also think, reviewing, yeah, the marketing. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I think review bombing hides the problem. They're trying to make it seem like these people had no reason to come on here yes. and be mad. They didn't even read the book, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, some premises and yes. some books are just bad. And having a book where a black woman is in a relationship with a bigoted white man and the gist of the book is like, what, like, what can we take to get along? Or what does it take to get along? Just sounds toxic. Like... It's not like these people were yeah, coming people out of nowhere. People are going to have responses to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that there are really any books or ideas that shouldn't be written or shouldn't be explored. Um, now, do I have to read it? <laughs> Hell no. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not for me. I don't want it. But am I going to go out and say, like, this shouldn't exist? Da, 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 da. No. But I think that the marketing, you know, and just kind of the the defensiveness and the pointing fingers every single way blew it up more than I think it needs to be. Because if this was just a book, like, what was that one about, like, the friend? You, you made a fool of death with your beauty, beauty right? Yes. And it's very, like, a bunch of, like, 20-somethings hanging out and sleeping together and, you know, doing this and doing that. And it's like, it seemed very similar to me, but this had an additional, you know, Layer. component to yeah. it that muddied up. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That brought in a lot of new discourse. Yeah, I guess I was just like, "Why are you shocked?" Like, this is of course the reaction you were going to get. You didn't handle yeah. it carefully. Yes, and you upset people. And maybe it's not fair for them to review your book before it gets published. But they, I can hear a premise and know, like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I don't need to read the book to know that there are some yeah. premises I just don't want to read. And it's not like, like they act yeah. like review bombing is good. I don't know. I do. I think review bombing has the power to censor books. No, because I don't think anybody takes Goodreads no. that seriously. So I'm Mm-mm. like, you're fine. In fact, it probably, the cynic in me yeah. feels like you probably got some, like this probably helped her. She got a whole bunch know. of news articles. I mean, yeah. you're in the New York Times. You're in the New York Times. Yeah. About how your book got bom- review bombed. Like, you yeah. know, we're conspiracy theorists. Like, I don't know. Maybe they did this just for the attention. Maybe they knew, maybe they underestimated. Maybe they didn't think you'd go smoothly. Maybe they didn't think everybody would get it. Maybe they thought it would cause some pushback, but they underestimated just how much. And then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So now they're trying to backtrack. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I would love to know. Like, I would love to know, you know, since we've been talking to booksellers, publishers, authors, all these people, I feel like we're getting a little bit more insight. And I'm like, I would just like to know, like, what what it looked like. You know, what was the process? What were the conversations? Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll ever get that because we're just two not. goobers. But <laughs> <laughs> I would be curious to know, like, you know, like you said, conspiracy, like my mind can go in a million places. But the truth is, I just don't know. It could have just been like, she was the only black person there. Nobody else thought about it. You know, it could have been they tried to manufacture the controversy or they tried to capitalize it on later. She got it. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. So, because I, it, it also feels like book talk played a big role. Like they tried to flirt with book talk and it's like, didn't you learn better? Everybody's learned. Don't mess with book talk. It's going to. So, don't. I have a question for you. 
What yeah. do you think of the dad? Because I okay. thought it was interesting that she had a single dad as opposed to like a single mom. And not only he was a university professor, he was really plugged into like the social justice stuff, but she still felt untethered from like the community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that I think that there is, like I've seen older black people like that before. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm down for the cause, but I live in the suburbs and all my (laughs) friends are white and my kid goes to the white school. Um, Like I've seen that trope before and I've seen how those kids turn out. So that felt realistic (laughs) to me. I felt, I thought it was a little weird how distant they were. He was always like, I'm uh, in Napa or I'm wherever. Uh, I guess I'll see see you. And yeah, I, I didn't, get a whole lot of understanding about their relationship and then she never wanted to tell him anything and he never wanted to tell her anything so I felt like I didn't really know anything yeah well and that felt like because like one of the reasons she felt cut off is because she didn't have family and the one family member she has she feels distant from I yeah I just wanted to know because I thought it was interesting that we had a single dad in this instance instead of a single mom and then he was hiding his married girlfriend from her (laughs) Which was also like, so everybody's got secrets. Like, and I was like, what was yeah. the purpose of that? What was the importance of him having a married girlfriend and then dying three seconds on page? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, uh huh. And it seemed like he was always like worried about what he was going to think or say and putting like all these words and opinions in his mouth. And then I really don't know what he thought. So. Exactly. Because <laughs> he died. So, exactly. Yeah. I- and then Josh was a little stalkerish with all the calls. It's like, I'm dealing with something, sir. Can you like leave me the fuck alone? Yeah. When he was like, Oh, I'm in Lincoln, and she was like, What? And then he's like, I'm very really amateur or something. And I was like, No one asked you to show up. And then it's like he the dad left everything to her, so she had a place to stay. But it wasn't like she had a job or anyone that she liked <laughs> in New York. Why did I just stay? Like, I was like Girl, it sounds like it's figured out. Yeah, she could have done her work remotely. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really get that. So yeah, so at the end I of the, she just loved Josh so much, and I don't get that either. Especially after the yeah. way he talked to her in that fight, like girl, right. you went back. Right. But she was also That's considering what... going back to that job, like because he threw the fit, and she was like, I would never show my face. Like after he threw the fit after they fired her, even though she was a top performer mm. and she thought about going back, like she was went in there to sign the papers and saw that the lawyer right. had put the wrong name on. And I'm like, right. like you would have like, I would never show my face there again. Like somebody had yeah, to my been, job back. Like I would have felt humiliated. I, I would have been me. right down at the department of labor filing complaints. <laughs> it's like, y'all got money here. Yeah. I got a lawsuit. Hey. Yeah. So that's wild. I, I think just, I got everything I wanted to say off my chest. I think I did too. I want to look at my notes and just see. Like the big thing for me was Barbara. Like like right here. <laughs> fingers a pack of acrylic hair. Have you ever in your life heard someone reference braiding hair as acrylic hair? Nope. Uh Barbara Sandler with bobby pins. But between her lips, why why would she have that? And then Barbara says approvingly, "Beyonce is my girl." It's like, what fifty year old is going to talk like this? 
like every not to say like not to get into the beehive and all this stuff but i feel like older black women are kind of like oh yeah beyonce okay yeah okay especially before lemonade they wouldn't they would have been like Mm -hmm. yeah i'm kind of annoyed how beyonce has become like shorthand for like stuff black people like like just let culture. her be. Yeah. Just let her be. I mean, it goes back to grade school when this girl cornered me and she's like, Who's your favorite member of uh Destiny's Child? I was like, Kelly. And she's like, the <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's like, stop, like, let this woman be. She's not like a barometer for every single black woman on the planet's yeah. understanding of their culture. She is a singer, she makes music I like. I like seeing the outfits. Mm-hmm. I got a few Ivy stuff. And like, that's, she doesn't need to be like, yeah. Let her be. Let us be. Please. <laughs> Let us be. Let's just enjoy something without like think piece. Like, come on. I know. Yeah. Um, um, that, the Nebraska thing got me. I'm like, that feels like something someone on the coast would write. That they're like, she's the only black girl in her school in Nebraska. It's like, there's a lot of Negroes in Nebraska. <laughs> like, we went so, to Nebraska to look at uh, that university. And uh, my friend's mom drove us up there. And it's like, no, we went to Iowa. Never mind. We went to Iowa. Which, but even wider. And I bet you saw black people there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like people came out, they were like, "Hey, like I remember looking at him. It's like, are you guys thinking of coming here? Can we <laughs> you like, yeah. I, Omaha yeah, was the biggest just, city near me when I was in Sioux City. So yeah, black people went. They wanted to go to a concert. You go to Omaha. You need to get your hair braided. Yeah. You go to Omaha. You want your nails Omaha. done. You go to Omaha. There are black people in the like there are black people in the Midwest, and they make it work." So I feel like a lot of yeah. weight was put on. The reason she's so disconnected is because she grew up in Omaha without a, or grew up in Lincoln without a mom. And I was like, that's not enough. That's not but enough. then she looks, she looks at the black kids at the graduation and they're all laughing and having fun. And it's like, they were there. They were there. Well, that was college, and right? You not high school? Or college, college, yeah. yeah. But it's the but same it just thing. seemed like over and over again. Yeah, she was choosing not to and then confused about why there were no Black people in her life. And I feel like a lot of Black people, we talked about this, there are a lot of Black people, if they grow up the only Black kid in their area, a lot of them are drawn to situations. Like, they'll go to, like, they're the first ones that seems to go to HBCUs. They want to go in places where they can feel like they're not the only Black person for a while. Or if they can't be an HBCU, they're going to look for those organizations and stuff. Like, I just feel like we never got a true understanding of why she was, why she was so uncomfortable. And that should have been the book. So Josh took yeah, up too much time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, to me, girl, you seem like the racist. Like, <laughs> That's what she said. Yes. Yeah. Cause like, why are you think you're going to be broke? Why are you avoiding the black people? You can't find one other black person in New York city to get along with. Not a one. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't know, like you brought up once in another episode, I don't even remember, but she brought up the idea that as Black people, as people who have specifically um, ancestry that was affected by the slave trade. And it's like, I think you brought up this idea, I think about it all the time, that you can have genetic family members out there (laughs) 
you know what I mean? That you have no idea because of how much our families are broken up and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. So to me, like, I don't know, that turned like some key in my brain. And it's like, why do I feel like when you see a black person on TV being brutalized, being like triumphant, like joking, like it feels like family. It feels like there's a connection. You know what I mean? Like even in school, they told us like, I remember my my teacher went to Paris and he said he was going around. He would like nod, you know, at all the black people. They wouldn't nod back. And he's like, we go out. You acknowledge other black people because you don't know what foolishness they put up with. And it's just been, that's just how I was brought up. So to see it like so completely disconnected, I was like, you know, just to see other black people and think like, I, I, there's this line that he has here. Uh, this is, I think during one of Jess and Josser's mini fights. And um, <laughs> he says, Jess, you don't owe anything to anyone. Yes, there are people suffering, but you don't know them. You don't have any unique obligation to help. You know that, right? Just because you're black, especially because you're black. And it's like, she lacked empathy for other black people. And I was like, explore that. Yes. Talk about that some more. Cause that, yeah. That stood out to me because I would feel because like. I don't think she felt it. Well, and I think he doesn't. And I think that showed his lack of understanding about what it means to be black in America. Cause like you may not, he doesn't get it. And like, whether or not maybe we should or should not, I think a lot of people do feel that way. It's like, oh, I can't be an embarrassment to the race. Like mm-hmm. if I get in trouble, it's gonna be so embarrassing for black people. Or if I do this, it's gonna be so great for, and I don't think he realized. And again, it shows his ignorance, which again is never challenged, his ignorance about experiences beyond his own. So I was really taken aback by that line and she never pushes against it because I think you're right because she isn't connected. Because I think she doesn't feel either like i think that it's a true that's how she feels too she feels like she should like i think that she feels like she should be like you said that earlier she feels like she should be tied in and she's not and again that would have been more interesting would have been a better book yeah to explore all that she feels like she should care and have empathy but she does not feel empathy or caring yeah and it's like that's fine that's interesting like you said talk about that yeah I would have rather if the book had been more about that. And if that's what she was trying to go for, because I feel like some work is there. We get just enough about her background, about like how she does feel like we see hints of it. Cause I was trying to say, I was thinking when I was writing my Goodreads reviews, like I wish we had seen how her relationship with her parents was affected and her family and how she felt in school. Yeah. With friends. And we got hints of it. A little bit. Yeah. And I feel like if it had just been more well-rounded and like, maybe if there yeah. was like, she had one black friend and maybe she was, and maybe while she, that was her one black friend, her black friend had other black friends and maybe she treated her differently yeah. or something like where we could explore it. I feel like this could have been a more robust book as it is. Josh got too much attention and made it feel like a genre romance, like love conquers all kind of thing because so much attention was on their love story that everything else just kind of got lost in the sauce. Yeah. What'd you think of the ending? Oh, so the Good Reviews really hyped this ending. People were like, oh my gosh, that ending. And like, oh my gosh, the last lines. And I read it and I was like, is that it? That's the ending? That's exactly what I expected him to do. That's how he behaved the entire whole of the book. He condescends to her and tells her she's got nothing to worry about despite her very true fears and concerns. 
Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh my gosh, it's like a horror. I'm like, girl, no. No. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't see that before because I think I would have had a similar reaction. Like the ending was the only part where I was like, oh, okay, I get what she's doing here. Yeah. Uh-huh. I- okay. Everything's fine. Uh, I get it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say like I thought it was excellent, but it definitely wasn't like bone chilling or anything. Right. People were like, oh my gosh, the genius of that last line. I was like, no, that's just the one part of the book this- where her, where she was clear. That everything. Objective. Yes, came together. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what you were, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. What changes do you think could have been made to make like that point more relevant? Like I get what she's trying to do too. Like Jess is minimizing herself and she's making less of herself and she's putting up with more bullshit because she's not very confident in who she is. Like how could that point be made stronger before we got to the very last page of the book? I think that if she had more interactions with other Black people mm-hmm. um, and you could see her actively, like these ideas, these things that um, Josh is telling her, I almost forgot his name. Um, <laughs> like Josh is like, you're a hypocrite. You have no Black friends. You have this or that. And she's saying, no, I do. And I believe in this. And I think I believe in that. Like if that was tested a little bit more mm-hmm. and we could see either through some other character interaction if it was if it was someone other than josh just constantly telling her this and her thinking well i think i should care but do i i think that if there was some more weight to their relationship like that too yes if she did feel yeah a little bit more like stuck like oh my goodness my husband is now turning into this person i don't really understand i thought we were on the same page like oh we were like this swirly interracial couple and we were like doing blogs and tiktoks and everything but wait now he's like voting for trump and here's it like i think that that would have had like that would have been actually scary you know what i mean like Like one of those tiktok couples and one of them you're like one of them is ooh, that would have been really good right and it's like instead it's just like just leave him like he's racist and also he don't fucking like you so just leave like why are you still here mm-hmm. um or if she was like the character in such a fun age where she's just like i don't give a fuck about nothing i just want to <laughs> spend money like if she was a little bit more, more honest about like hey more self-aware like i just i just like spending money I like spending $20 on this ham. I like living in this $4 million. And if that's what I had to put up with, instead of like pretending like, oh, it's because I love him so much. And it's like, he don't even want to be seen in public with you. Like, That's good. That's a good, because then it's like, how much are you willing to put up with? Because then that makes it more even because she's putting a lot of the burden on herself to get into that $4 million. But if at least if at least she's upfront about like hey i just want the loft i just want to be able to work my passion job without worrying about where i'm going to eat i want to get my 20 dollar ham and i'll put up with him to do all of that and like maybe even the sex you can throw in and the it's sex like either. where's the line like that would be a stronger argument yeah i agree with you she needed to be a bit more mm-hmm. confident she was just too insecure to make this work because she was just getting bullied by everybody yeah. and it's like turns out uh people who are, who are insecure will put up with a lot of shit yeah, it's like, why do you keep going to this volleyball game where everybody hates you, Jess? <laughs> yes. like, you don't even like sports. Like, you got bullied into it because they needed a yeah, woman. Why are they you... couldn't find another woman? Not one? And it seems like she did it for years. It seems yeah. like she was 
doing this for years and it's like you don't even want to be here yeah you're telling me there's nothing else going on in new york city that might have put you in the path of another black person or a latino person them in the path of another woman so they can fill out their volleyball roster it has some flaws like i'll be interested to see like if this get option for a tv show if this goes down the path that we've seen these other books doing yeah. Because I got questions. Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for all that hullabaloo, it was just kind of a weak story with a very weak main character. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I wouldn't say don't read it. If you're interested in the premise and if you liked the other black girl, you might like it. I would say just go read Such a Fun Age instead. It was funnier. I liked that main character yeah. better. Or the sellout. Yeah. Read the sellout. I'll always. Or the sellout. This is the perfect. Read the we don't sellout. Get to recommend yeah. the sellout often. This is the perfect opportunity to recommend the yeah. sellout. I think that that book was doing a lot of the things that this people are saying this book did, but Most it's stuff. just it's got like it's just swinging for the fences. It's like I don't care if you fucking hate everybody in this book. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is. And this funny. it seemed like you were supposed to be rooting for Jess and Josh and it seemed like it couldn't quite get over that to make either of them the villains that they actually were. You definitely are because one of the articles she talks about how she struggled to humanize Josh and it's like isn't that a sign if you the author are struggling to like a character that you're writing and make him likable? I mean isn't that a sign there are whole books out here your your storyline? with people sleeping with aliens and bears and demons <laughs> and it's like they are not having as much trouble connecting to their male lead so yeah i think that's a mm, sign girl. Okay. so i think it might be girl yeah so yeah that's it we talked about no. it i and this episode like i think i'd settle because like i wanted to get all mad because you read the cut and i remember i was reading it i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be as mad as molly is about this book because at the end of the day i just think it's really weak i i didn't even give it a one star one star i gave it two stars on goodreads because i was like it's not even bad at being it's not even that good at being really terrible it's just in the middle so yeah yeah and you know said before like we should be allowed to write mediocre books exactly and girl she did it (laughs) yeah i she did it and i just yeah i have more questions probably about the backlash and the commentary and you know how much were they prepared for this and all that kind of stuff and the review bombers and you know not even just all of the stuff around it I found yeah. more interesting than the book. It, it was a lot more interesting than the book. And I think it, she don't want to admit it. I think it helped the book, but not the book, but it helped in selling the book. She probably got some sales from that. So yeah, a lot more attention. I mean, I bought it. That's why we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she got at least two sales from us. Yeah. So, I would like, and we have to plan well, this later then, to do like an ahead. episode on like book talk and its influence on like book marketing and book selling and all that stuff. Like I've never- I need a Gen Zer to come and explain it to me though. (laughs) We gotta look for one. Yeah, like just tell me what's happening. Like- What's happening? Like- How? Why do you be turning the books around? Like is- (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just tell me the name of the book? Is it like something with the algorithm? I don't know. Yeah, so it's just like, it seems like 
it's a real power now. Like when you can walk in at Target and they've got a whole shelf just for book talk books. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. this is a force. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you been reading, Danny? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what have you been reading? I am reading. I have to look up the author's name because I don't remember. So I tried out. This is not sponsored. They didn't give us any money. I'm only going to say the name once. But I tried out my TBR from Book Riot, where basically okay. you like set up a profile and their bookologist or bibliologist will recommend book recommendations to you. So I said oh. I was in the mood for some black lit fic. Like I want the real good writing, the real good stories, mm-hmm. all that. And so I am reading one of the books they recommended to me, which was called What the Fireflies Knew by Kay Harris. Um, It is a coming of age book about this young girl in the 90s. Her father has passed away from an overdose and her mother has sent her and her sister to live with her grandfather, a strange grandfather in like the country in Michigan, a Midwestern state. Um, And so it's just sort of like her summer there. And it is very, it's very lit ficky because like it's just moving at a pace it's written from the child's mm-hmm. point of view it's it's very lit thicky and i'm like good this is what i needed i needed to get back to my roots so that's what i've been reading how okay. about you what have you been reading um i read a book called legends and lattes i've heard it was very cute um it was a very like simple easy read very like mellow um which is good because something called Baldur's Gate has come into my life and it's like (laughs) destroyed my ability to do literally anything else but I can't play it as much as I want because I you know have a husband and a child and a job so you know I was like oh D&D like responsibilities let me learn more about it and you know this is cute so it's it's a D&D book and it's like a cozy fantasy, which, okay. yes. I was going to ask, what is that? Because I've heard people throwing, I saw um, a Ms. W.O.C. Reads book two video where she was like, the tropes or the book trends that are annoying her is people putting cozy in front of everything. She saw, she said she saw something described as cozy horror. And she was like, That's a thing now. And I'm like, what I- is it? <laughs> like, what makes it cozy? So I think, and I, I can't say this for certain, but I feel like there was this viral tweet like years ago when someone, like they were talking about fantasy tropes and like, oh, you're the chosen one and like all this stuff and high and low fantasy and it's always big and grand. And so this one person was like, yo, I don't want all that. I would just like to read a story, like a smaller story set in a fantasy setting, like about two barbarians who have a farm (laughs) and, you know, they're trying, you know, they're living a cozy life or something. And since then I've seen like people telling like, like the scope of science fiction and fantasy shrinking down to more individual stories, like not the chosen one on some huge quest just some people living in this kind of like fantasy world or a science fiction world where they're trying to um, kind of process those more lit ficky internal stories God. in these um, settings. And it seems like it's taken off because 
Yeah, there's this one. I got this other one on here. That time I got drunk and saved a demon, which the big truck girl is. Yeah. (laughs) And how'd you like it? It was cute. I liked it. It was genuinely funny. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, it's in that vein. Um, And I'm just, yeah, I'm interested to learn more because it's like, oh yeah, sometimes like, I think you get burnt out a little bit on the like, everything's a world ending, Yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah okay. exactly that makes a lot of sense because i understand cozy mysteries they're like less violent mm-hmm. they're not as similar vein they're not as it's not i mean it's a murder so maybe take that back but it's not like a gory murder it's not like the most depraved sicko it's not like a ted bundy kind of thing it's just like yeah. oh a crime of passion kind of murder and so i guess that makes sense it's like toned down i still don't think cozy horrors <laughs> i don't know how you're gonna do a cozy horror you know what i might have to look for some because i kind of see it but again my husband is very horror-y you know like he's very like in it so i can see it but i don't have the answers yet but i might look for some for october and just see because now i'm seeing like black ridden cozy horror and i'm like okay like like let me hear more about that (laughs) i think people just like being and you know i think it's like i see this a lot in gaming too and I think yes. it's such a misnomer, like cozy gaming. It's like, okay, like Danielle, like I think it's like a way to say, like, oh, I'm not a real gamer, or you know, I'm not really like a hardcore. It's like a rejection of all that. But if you're telling me you hundred percent Stardew Valley, like every month just for fun, babe, you are a hardcore gamer. Thank you. And I think that that's why, I think that that's why, like, this Baldur's Gate is so interesting. Cause it has so many romance tropes in it. Like literally the guy was like, cause it's like, they have romances in it. And this guy is like, well, if you want the cozy, like happily ever after ending, that's just, you know, carefree, go for this character. And if you want the enemies to lovers trope, um, and he's saying like all these like tropes, straight up romance tropes to describe this video game. It's like, and the Sims girlies, are in it like they're making memes they're doing like they're having so much fun and it's like i kind of love it like i know people like are rejecting it they're like i don't like it but you know as someone who loved nerdy stuff as a kid and it was like oh that's not for girls um i love seeing like all these gen z kids like getting in there saying like i don't give a fuck here's a mod where it's gonna add like a hundred different hairstyles um (laughs) or it's like in game uh in this incredibly difficult like turn-based rpg because the cute clothing store is here so it's like and i love it and just making space for that in like in genre like for like you know what i mean so i get it not everything has to be armor or you're the chosen one so exactly in the context of gaming though they are not a gaming podcast and i'm not qualified to talk about gaming it does annoy me because people will use that term to apply to anything that's not like a first person shooter (laughs) like is it the puzzle game oh it's a cozy because i'll watch those videos about my favorite cozy games and like there's nothing that connects them it'll be like the sims stardew Mm -hmm. valley little to the left like Mm -hmm. all these games that on surface have nothing to do with each other they're just chill I guess, but it's like, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be. I don't know. And they're so. not even always chill. No. Yeah. So I think that some refinement could be done, but I think it's, 
it's like more things that you would associate with like femininity or like things that women typically exactly like more or have been told to like. like um yeah. and i think yeah so i love to think more through the cosification of everything yeah. um, because i think they're better terms yes yeah but i'm glad that we're expanding what these things can be mm-hmm. so agreed all right so that's it for this one guys if you would like to follow us we're on twitter not calling it x at blackchicklit.com we're also on instagram we're getting more serious about posting there i did two stories this week at bcl podcast and you can of course visit our website at blackchicklit.com and as always don't forget to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify we're in all the places um that really helps other people find us um and get to know us yep and as always you want to thank sweet 45 for our theme jonesen you can find them on soundcloud at soundcloud.com sweet s-u-i-t-e four five and that's it we did another yeah. episode yeah and this is our another birthday episode. month we, Look we out forgot for to some... mention it <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll oh, do a yeah. celebration. Yeah. We do have something fun in the works that we did last week that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I can't wait for that to be out. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll announce our next read and we'll be on the lookout for it. Yes. Awesome. Alrighty. We're going to let y'all go. Until next time. Bye. Until next time. Bye.